a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Right, Hot Takes Wednesday time now. Katie is joining me in the Hot Take booth. And the first Hot Take of the evening comes in from underscore Fat Joey Brulee or Brullet. I don't know. Alonso this season is overhyped. When it comes to the race, Ocon is more reliable. But people rave about Alonso because they can't let go of the past. Now, that is a, a sensationally aggressive statement. It has to be said uh, against Alonso. Um, oh, my first thoughts are no. I think if this was about Michael Schumacher and I was holding on to when he came back uh, to the sport, potentially, I would, I would agree with it. But I think Alonso has had a lot of bad luck this year. We've had... Uh, so he's, he's, his Alpine has not worked particularly well, has it, really? Uh, so I'm, I'm going to... Ha- I mean, on the flip side, though, you have to say Ocon has actually been very quietly decent this year he had a great result in austria last time out uh, i think finishing fifth wasn't it and uh, had quite did, a, yeah. a very decent race so I, I would i'd give it a two so remember the how the hot take scale works one is the coldest take the word the cold is in bad horrendous to, not horrendous sorry factory but i didn't mean horrendous but like we, we don't agree with it <laughs> and five is fire agreed what a great take i'm giving it a two I'm, I might go for a three because I'm a bit in the middle because I think oh, wait, Fernando... What? Katie, you're in the middle? Surely not. Oh, my God. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'll go higher than a three or lower than a three at some point in this. But Ocon, as you say, has been doing a stellar job getting the consistent points. He's only had one retirement so far this year in comparison to Fernando's two, but he has also finished out the points in another two races. But like you say, he's steadily been building up those points and that consistency is kind of going a bit under the radar, I feel. Esteban generally, like I love him. He has Esti-Besti. <laughs> but for some reason, his performances always seem to just get kind of like, oh, Esteban finished seventh next like it's never really talked about very much whereas Alonso man loves a headline whether he's being controversial whether his car's side pods just suddenly obliterated itself and it's ruined his day so I think it's fair to say that he's lost a lot of points due to Alpine's poor strategy or the unreliability of the car maybe sometimes him pushing it a little too far and as a result getting penalties and things like that so kind of from both angles but I wouldn't say like Alonso's washed or anything he's really surprised me in his comeback like last year was good this year I mean come on the guy put it on the front row only a few races ago in Canada like he's what 150 years old it feels like so oh, wow 100- <laughs> 150 
<laughs> that is think, what, savage. How is he, like 40? Yeah, he's 40 years old. Uh, which he's is still a young driver, apparently, as recently as a few years ago. So yeah. I anything goes these days in F1, doesn't it? But yeah, I see where you're coming from, but I wouldn't say like. Thank yes, you for your fire, input, fire, fire. but not. Uh, Esteban Ocon's <laughs> on 52 points this season. Fernando Alonso on 29. Um, I don't think that's a fair representation. Uh, of of how they've both been I think Fernando has definitely lost his edge from a few years ago well not a few you know back when he was at Renault because of course you know age science it happens reaction times get worse you just become older and slower but I think that Alonso hasn't lost his racecraft and that's something that pains me to say but when you compare it to Michael Schumacher which is probably the most comparable thing you can do you know a world champion coming back to Formula One Michael was poor i mean i'm gonna be straight <gasps> oh up and say okay? it and my tears are streaming down my face but he wasn't great and you know a lot of that was because he went from one generation of car to something completely different and of course you know when you're older you can't adapt as well uh, i'm coming up with some excuses already but we also saw in his racecraft he was crashing into people he didn't really have the awareness of his car as much as as we obviously saw back in his seven world title era um but Fernando hasn't lost that. He kept Lewis Hamilton at bay last year at Hungary for many laps. Didn't have the pace, but he knew where to place his car and he had that awareness. So mm. I think it's unfair to see any sort of Fernando Alonso slander. And in the chat, we have got our first poll uh, pretty much done. And the uh, majority goes to number two. So uh, two out of five, 50% of the chat have gone for two. 28% have gone for three. 13% have gone for one and then a couple of 5% for four and five. So we've got, <laughs> we've got a few uh, Fernando Alonso haters out there. Um, but it's an interesting one. But I don't think it's fair, Fat Joey Brunett, to, to properly go in on Alonso until we've seen him have a reliable car. And uh, yeah, he's, as you say, Katie, an amazing qualifying uh, in Canada. And he could have had easily a few more amazing qualifiers had it been for his car Australia? actually yeah. working. So there you go. So you, I gave it a two. You gave it a three, Katie. Is that right? Yeah. I think maybe with I should start off chill and then <laughs> start, get into it. Start and off with a balancing harsh. on the fence three. Yeah. Okay, let's see yeah. what the next nice. hot take of the evening is. And it comes in from Adam Swee45. Norris is better than Russell. He just oh needs God. a better car. Ooh. This is so tricky because they've not really been in like competitive machinery. When Russell well, was doing well, he was in a Williams and Norris was in a McLaren that looked quite competitive. Go back and to now Formula it's two. like spinned on its head. True. Different cars still then. Different teams mature, at least. They learn lessons. Yeah. Norris oh, is better than Russell. I think my opinion is they are very comparable i don't think you can say one is better than the other until they've both until they're potentially teammates i think they are very much as good as each other uh, in my opinion um i don't think norris is better than russell i don't think russell is particularly better than norris we've seen great drives from the pair of them but they aren't comparable performances russell's been amazing in a completely dustbin of a car back in the williams and you know managed to get uh, unbelievable results you know, in Spa qualifying last year as, as one example um, Lando on the other hand has shown amazing pace he's had so many podiums for being in a car that isn't ex uh, hasn't exactly been the best or anywhere and near the best his teammate didn't manage that he only got well, one win but 
Norris was still on the podium right behind him. So yeah, it's true. Um, so you know, obviously, people are going to say like, oh, you know, in the chat, I can see Timor six hundred, Russell clear, Matt, relax. But I'd like to see people's actual reasoning uh, because Lando has provided a lot of podiums for McLaren. He's outperformed his teammate Daniel Ricciardo, who is a nine-time race winner. What more can Lando do in order to at least be seen as comparable to George Russell? I know George is obviously doing great against Lewis this year, but there's been a lot of talk, of course, about experimental parts and things like that. So the reason why I'm going to give it three is because I think they are both as good. Uh, it's three. No, three means I kind of agree with it. Um, no, it's, it's... I think three means you neither agree or disagree. Maybe. Maybe, because it's middle for diddle, you know? That's what I'm going to go with. You're going to go for a three? I'm going to go for a two. What's your reason, Katie? I'm the fence, guys. So I think both of them are insanely talented, don't get me wrong. But I feel like Russell just has that edge from what we've seen him achieve in, like, a really, really bad car. Whether that's qualifying, he's also made some proper big brain strategy strategy calls when he was in the Williams whether that's at Spa or Russia flip it on its head at Russia Norris perhaps maybe didn't have the date behind him didn't make the greatest of calls did he so I feel like Russell's maybe a bit more sensible and mature in that way Mm, I think he might have ever such a slightly uh, like be ever so slightly ahead of Norris but we it's a really difficult one because we don't have I don't think there's a proper like reason to compare them like fair like not reason but like a way to compare them fairly maybe next year when mclaren sort their stuff out and they're actually more competitive there'll be a good showing off of it but yeah george is mr consistent whereas lando's results can be a bit like a roller coaster to quote him yeah moving up and down yeah it's it's a lot it's 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 (laughs) It's such an interesting debate, this one, because, yeah, Russell has been incredibly consistent this year, but then he's had a couple of, well, I mean, to be fair, he still got in the top four, didn't he, uh, uh, last time out, but um, you could argue, well, it's quite clear that that Mercedes is better than what the McLaren is able to do week in, week out, Uh, so Norris is always put into slightly different and more difficult positions, you'd have to say, Um, but... This is why I'm on the fence with this one, because I genuinely think they are both as good as each other. And I think as a teammate pairing, if those two were ever together, it would be one of the most fascinating pairings we could probably see. Two up-and-coming superstars of the sport uh, going up against each other. And Adam H0605 says in the chat, we need them in the same car, basically. We do. Uh, if we reflect on Formula 2, of course, George Russell beat Lando Norris, but they were in different teams. And as much it's as Formula 2 is a spec well. series... George, I think, was in the team that was supposed to be better, I think. I, I'm, I'm not going to fully claim that one, but I'm pretty sure Russell was in the, the championship winning car from, or, you know, team uh, from the year before. Um, so, yeah, no British bias here either because both of them are British. Uh, but, yeah, it's an interesting debate, this one. Uh, mm, Nico versus like Lewis it. all over again, says Dan Stein. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, a very good. I, I enjoyed that, Adam Swee. You, you went for it. Uh, let's see what the poll says. So, 38% have voted for two, 27% have voted for three, uh, 17% have voted for four, 17% have voted for one, 
and 2% are voting for five. So as much as the chat are popping off, oh, how could you possibly say that about Norris being better than Russell? The poll is saying that people do believe that Norris is better than Russell. Uh, but then there's a lot of twos, which also mean, I'd say, give it a chance. But uh, good stuff. Good debate. Good healthy debate here on the Hot Takes Wednesday. You can't be wrong. Opinions are like a-holes. Everyone has them. Right. Beautiful. Next up, we've got one from Dale Muir. Muir, however you want to say it. By 2030, the United States will have five Grand Prix and it will be well-deserved. And it will be well-deserved. That's a... I've been saying this for quite some time, to be honest, that I think the US are going to have 5GP by 2030, I think it was even. So Dale is uh, very much on my uh, thinking that the US will take over uh, Formula One because, I mean, they're, they are an enormous place. And as soon as America takes hold of something, they want a lot of it. Uh, so I would not be surprised at all uh, to see five Grand Prix in the US. Would By the well-deserved bit, I don't really know how to assess that part of the statement like it's sellout crowds the the fans are really engaging and passionate and they deserve to have more races for more fans to attend i don't Mm. know what you mean by well deserved because if we look at like having the two races we had this year they were like i think well deserved i know everybody's like miami's yeah but like the fans were there they're passionate there's been a huge spike of interest in the u.s so why would F1 not want to put more races? The US is bloody massive as well. Exactly. It's like if there was, I don't know, where's another big country that's not uh, controversial? <laughs> I know exactly um, what country. The, um, you know, like if there was a load of interest in Canada, for example, that's near America. Um, <laughs> and like Latifi suddenly becomes world champion, um, battling for the championship with Stroll and viewing figures spike. Okay. This is our little bubble. This is a little reality. You would be fair to say, okay, well then, because Canada's so big, we'll have a race in Montreal and then we'll have another race in British Columbia. Cause that's like another side of Canada. And I think that would be well-deserved. So I don't know. It depends on your criteria of being well-deserved, but well, if you look at Miami, five though, you don't think we'll see five by 2030? I think we'll go... I think we'll stick at three, maybe four. I don't think we'll, well go it's, five. I don't it's, know if it's 2022. Go to. Oh, easy. They'll find it in anywhere they want. San Francisco, yeah, go they there or the you know, wherever. Vegas, um, I mean, we've already got coming up Vegas, Cota and Miami. So we're only two away and we've got seven years for the US to make that happen. So I, I'm... I think definitely, and we'll probably be up to about 25, 26 Grand Prix at that point, um, which will be uh, rather insane. Uh, apart from the, we- the well-deserved part, I'm going to say if we have more Miamis, I'm not a fan of it personally, because as much as Miami was a different kind of vibe and I was actually out there and, and did enjoy my time there, it very much was an event first and a Formula One race second. And that's not what I want to see. I don't want it being this, as a, you know, a Formula One hardcore fan, I don't want it to be a Miami every single time we go to a USGP where there's clueless celebrities and the whole thing is about the show rather than the actual racing as such. I know the racing is obviously important, but you do lose a, an element of that, I think, with, with something as big of a show as, as what Miami was. Um, and I think people watching at home, I'm seeing at the chat here, they weren't happy they thought it was a cringe ve- uh, cringe fest says Leah in the chat um 
and yeah, M- Miami was boring. So it's interesting that you know we have that that opinions uh, coming in on the Twitch chat. But yeah, I just I don't know. I, I don't. If it was more like Cota and it's all about the speed and it's all about having awesome tracks, then I'm down for it. But Miami is a bit of a meh track. Some of the corners just don't exactly um, fit into good racing. You know that horrible chicane where a couple of crashes happened. Um, that you know they're very much fitting it around a car park at the Hard Rock Stadium, which is not how Formula One should be. It should be building a purpose-built racetrack, making sure the racing will be awesome, like in Cota, uh, and going from there. So that's my opinion. Uh, as for the number, ooh, it's difficult because I completely agree that it's going to be five Grand Prix, but I don't know if it'll be well-deserved in the sense of whether I'd like them. But I suppose I'm going to have to go with a four just because I agree with the initial statement. Or do you think it is spicy, a spicy take? No, I mean, I agree with it. Um, and yeah. that um, it's difficult. This, this whole rating system is it's kind of how you interpret it. But one is you disagree, you think it's cold, it's rubbish. It's a rubbish take. Five is, yeah, I really, really agree with it and it's kind of fire. Four is I agree with it and it might not be so fire. I don't know. We're, we're, we're making it up as we go along, really. But um... <laughs> yeah, I'll go for a four as well, I think. It's quite an ambitious target to have five Grand Prix in one country. I don't think it's ever been done. I think the most ever is three, which we've had with America way back when, like a few decades ago. And then in Italy during the pandemic, when we went to Mugello, Imola and Monza all in the same year. Um, but there wasn't a kickoff then, but I suppose maybe it's because it was exceptional circumstances and they're actually pre-built circuits, maybe. But it does feel a bit hypocritical of people being like i don't want three races in this massive country yeah but i'm happy to accept three races in italy which is very small in comparison mm, that was my true. twitter voice, that was a great voice i, was, I actually I thought you were i that. thought someone else was on the show to be honest with you, you I, I I gen- yeah there's some sex, sort of voice yeah. change or something um interestingly <laughs> uh the voting 55 percent have gone for one now i've seen in the chat some people Ooh. have been going for uh one because of the well-deserved bit and I think a lot of people uh, mm. weren't particularly happy with the well-deserved bit. And I, I, my understanding is a lot of people are disagreeing because they don't want five uh, Grand Prix in the US. So chat, just let me know if that is the case and I have uh, understood that correctly. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I genuinely think we will see five, five Grand Prix in, in the US uh, very, very soon, which uh, we'll see. We'll see if it's a good or bad thing. Yeah, a lot of people not deserved at all in the chat. Uh, yeah, there's a few people agreeing with me as well. So the one is because they don't think it's deserved. Interesting. Ooh. That second part is an L, says Timor 600. Okay, let's move on next to the one. next hot take. Coming in from Cam Cesar. It is, whoever wins the F2 championship this year will never get a seat in Formula One. I haven't actually looked at the championship standings uh, currently. Uh, and I, mean, I didn't watch he, any of the F2 in Austria. I'll be honest with you. quite oh. competitive. So he's, Dragovic he, is currently he's leading the championship. <laughs> he is, yeah. So it's Dragovic ahead of Sargent, ahead of Porcher, ahead of Daruvala. Fittipaldi's P5 in the championship. What? Come on, son. He's in the same team as Chem Bolabassi, and he's got none. I mean, I know Chem, but he's... You know, he was first... out for ages, wasn't he? And, he yeah, and, and it's his first year in, like, proper, proper Formula 2. Um yeah, I, I, I think it's a fire, fire take. I don't think we're seeing any of that any of that field. That's probably why I'm not really watching, uh, is because it's not that exciting. Uh, I haven't. I didn't watch Austria, so 
I'm sorry if it was amazingly exciting, but there's not that one driver that you go, yeah, this is this person's 100 percent going to go to Formula One, like we had with George Russell, Lando Norris, uh, Charles Leclerc. You know, these drivers were putting on insane performances, getting the headlines, and then people, myself included, would tune in and be like, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think any any the, the F2 champion will get a seat. Will any of them? Terry Porcher, maybe one day, but not next. Not yeah. Is the question get a seat next year the take or is it? No, it says we'll never. Future? It says we'll never get a seat in F one. I think Logan Sargent could make the step up to Williams because he's an American and Willie. We literally have heard we just spoke about it how much of an audience America has. I think maybe this is a hot take that Logan Sargent will be in F one before Colton Herter. Is that a hot take? I don't think Colton Herter will ever be in Formula One. So uh, I think. Well, so no. <laughs> One. Chat, do we <laughs> think Colton Hurt is going to be in Formula One? I, I don't personally, but we'll see what you guys uh, think as well in, in the chat. But yeah, uh, I, uh, I genuinely don't think, yeah, whoever wins the Formula Two championship will, will get a seat in, in Formula One. Uh, there's a lot of no's. So I wouldn't say that's the hottest take you've ever had, Katie. Um, but... True. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know if Sergeant's going to win it, win F2, but I think that he is probably the most likely to get a step up to f1 sometime soon interesting but it depends i guess they've got album there but so, it depends if so the only way that works like yeet him back yeet him no. yeet him back like we're well, not eating back but like <laughs> grab him back yeet him back you eating <laughs> usually kick him away that's but you're two like... completely parallel <laughs> <laughs> like opposite two opposites we're gonna yeet you yeet then then we're gonna bring you back um, but yeah. okay, so Sergeant would get have to blush. not win the F2 title, but then also get an F1 seat. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it almost feels another hot take that it's like a curse nowadays to win the F2 championship. Uh huh. There's too much pressure put on your shoulders. Piastri won it. Nothing really happened with him. Like, well, he might get a seat. It's yeah, likely he's, he's going to get a seat next one. year. So, yeah. Mick also won. And he's only now just got his first points, which I'm very happy for. And even that year, like Callum Eilat became, he was second place. And then what's he doing now? He's doing a bit of IndyCar. Like he's completely been shunned out of the F1 bubble. He's still doing the occasional bit of reserve driver roles for Alfa Romeo when Kubitz is not available. But I don't know. I feel like F2 is just not giving that same pathway to drivers that we've seen before maybe it's because and what it should be such a huge volume in one go hmm. come through i don't know but it's an interesting one so so the actual statement i've looked at the title standings and drugovich is four uh, 39 points ahead of sergeant with only three rounds to go of course there's a sprint race and a feature race so i'm going to give it a solid five this because i don't think drugovich is coming into formula one even if he wins the f2 title so i'm giving it a five uh the poll what are you giving it sorry katie I'll go for a four. You reckon there's a small chance Strugovic goes comes to Formula One? <laughs> yeah, I mean you can. Maybe I go you for can a think five. that. Well, no, not Strugovic. I don't think he's part of any junior category, like any junior program, is he? Sergeant's with Williams. Porcher's with Alpha. Yeah, it's not. Hauger's with Red Bull. Vips. Don't speak about uh. it. Who went doing is Alpine, I think. Lawson's Red Bull, Vesti's Mercedes. He's like he hasn't got anyone. Dragovich I could be completely Indy, wrong here because Hannah. I don't really, I don't really keep up with the F two circle because I'm too busy over a race weekend. But I think that could be right. 
Yeah. But yeah, we just don't hear as much nice. about Dragovic. So uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a five. Uh, the chat have gone for a five. 45% have voted five. 28% have voted four. 18% have voted three. 6% two. And 2% one. Uh, so there are some Dragovic lovers uh, out there. And Katie, are you, are you sticking with the four or five? I'll go for a five. Five. Fully agreed. Okay. Next hot take. Let's do this. It comes in from Parkhead. Ooh. Ooh. Gasly is massively overrated, will probably never get another win, and will certainly never be on the main Red Bull team again. Okay, that's uh, he's wow. you're not you're not pulled any punches there, have you, Parkhead? Now, there's there's a few elements to this statement. I don't think he's overrated. Whether he'll get another win is up for debate. And no, I don't think he'll ever be in the Red Bull main team again. So there's parts of this that I agree with. I don't think he'll be in Red Bull. I no, I agree. I think there's anything else happening. That ship has sailed. As for overrated, it's difficult because last year he I was think very people good. People think that because, yeah, he's just been in a bad car so far this year. So everyone's like, oh, he's rubbish. Don't get me wrong. The last few races, we spoke about this on the podcast the other day. He's found himself in a lot of incidents, more than he should do. He's on seven penalty points, which puts him at the top with Verstappen and Stroll. And he's got so many of those penalty points in the last few races. Like he's above Sonoda, who everyone thinks is like was causing accidents and crashing and stuff like that. So I think he needs to be a little bit careful. But I guess maybe he's just driving quite erratically because he's frustrated because of the, t- the kind of car that he's got beneath him. And Alpha Tauri make are making some interesting strategy calls this year. But in terms of overrated, no, I don't think he's overrated. I think he's just going through a bit of a rough patch with his car. And if I was him, would I have continued my contract in 2023? No, I would have waited a little bit longer, seen how fragile the Ricardo-McLaren relationship is, maybe try and pounce in on there, or maybe Gasly, uh, Gasly, uh, Vettel leaving and retiring, like there could be a potential slot in there. But... Anyway, it doesn't matter what I think because he's already signed. So, exactly. Um, so yeah, I I'm gonna give this a two uh, because I kind of agree with the Red Bull thing, but the massively overrated is the thing that's that's striking out at me, and and I don't agree with it. I think he's uh, incredibly talented. I think he would have learned a lot from his Red Bull disaster. Let's be real here. Um, but he won that race in Monza, and not you know, not everybody can win a race. Like we, that some people just don't have the minerals. He had signs bearing down on him, and it was his one opportunity, with maybe to win a race shot. exactly JLS style, and Ooh. and he did it. So uh, he has got he has got it in him to to perform and he's been very very good in the alpha tower he's had a you know a poorish season this year sonoda stepped up his game as katie said he's been involved in some instances as well uh, so yeah it's going to be a two from me what about you katie yeah i think a two is fair also i think by saying he's never going to win a race again f1 is a crazy championship anything can happen he could suddenly well firstly i think he needs to ditch the red bull bubble program family if he wants to make some serious moves and win a race again um but yeah he literally he could end up i don't know at mercedes or something if 
Hamilton retires, they might get in Gasly. I don't know. I'm just making up scenarios in my head here. But I think it's a bit much to say he's never going to win a race again. When What is he, like 26, 25, 26? That's still... Yeah. I mean, look at Fernando Alonso. He's 40. Hamilton, he's 37. Like, there's a lot of time in F1 if you can stick around for long enough. And, and if you're good enough. the opportunities yeah. will arise. Yeah, so I think it's a two. Okay. So maybe, maybe even a one. I think it maybe it's a one. I think it's a one for me. Cold take. I think okay. it's a one. Oh my god, I'm not on the fence. Oh, oh my god, she's jumped straight off it. Now the uh, the poll is very interesting. We've got thirty one percent have voted three, thirty percent have voted two, twenty two percent have voted four, twelve percent one, and five percent five. So uh, some people agree with some of the statements that have been put uh, I think in the parkhead. It's tricky. It's been split um, into like three categories. So it's yeah, exactly. To... Um, but you just have to give it an overall. So uh, a two and a one from us. And uh, interesting. Well done, chat. Thank you for getting involved once again. Now we have our final submitted hot take coming your way. And it comes in from Retornero Gris. Massey was better than the current race officials. Oh, that's going to have to be a one from me. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, look, Massey made... I know, look, everyone speaks about Abu Dhabi, this, that, and the other. I mean, chat have absolutely popped off of this one. Like chat zero, are zero, zero, spamming zero. the life out of zeros right now. Um, I... Uh, I think I'm just trying to do the poll at the same time, but it's not letting me do it. It says the poll's already active. I'll sort that out. Um, for this one, oh, Massey made a lot of mistakes. Let's be real yeah, here. We're not just talking about Abu Dhabi. We're talking about safe, you know, safety car procedures and marshals being out on track and sending out tractors when qualifying then gets back underway at Turkey. And that there's so many things which look, I'm not going to say it's just Michael Massey's fault. Clearly the structure as well behind him and the support that he had was not enough. And whatever it is, Massey is of course the one that's going to get in the ear because he is the race official, the race director. Is he better than what we're currently seeing? Or was that structure, I'm going to put it this way, better than what we're seeing now? No. I don't think so. No. At I all. don't like the structure we have at the moment. I think I'm going to do an opinionated piece on it on the website at some point. Because when they suggested we're having two people, I was like, oh, this is great. can share the responsibility. But in fact, they're just bringing two people to, or like one person to have as many races. Just alternating, and then isn't it? There's yeah. even more of an inconsistency rather than having two people that work together all the time and can like sit and say, I think this, and here's my argument for it. And the other person going, well, I think something else, and here's my argument. And then coming to a shared decision rather than just going, okay, Nils, you're doing the first three races, and then we're going to bring in Eduardo for the fourth, fifth, and sixth race. It just... It's the same thing. It's still putting all responsibility on one person. So, yeah, I agree, though. I think although the way that Massey's sort of, I guess, demise happened is unfortunate. And I've sat on the podcast so many times and criticised his decisions, whether that was what happened in Spa, both in terms of delaying the race, not keeping teams informed with what's going on, even the qualifying with that. You know, Sebastian Vettel was calling for a red flag to be waved. Nothing was done. Lando then made a bit of a mistake but it was a big mistake in terms of smashing his car at the top of Eau Rouge so 
there are plenty of things I could just list off the top of my head now that I think that he did wrong. Um, but yeah, I think the overall structure needs to have a serious look at from the FIA, which is like what I thought. <laughs> Wait, the what? I thought that's yeah, I thought that's what was already <laughs> happening. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a strange time for Formula One after what happened in Abu Dhabi, and they're trying to fill all these little holes that were exposed last year. And yeah, I, I agree. It, it's by no means perfect, but I think it's better than what we had last year in the sense of there hasn't been as many complete blunders. Fair enough, there are still inconsistencies there. Um, but one thing is, for example, track limits. That's been very much mm. something that they've implemented and stuck with. There is, of course, talk about them not actually applying those rules to every single driver all the time. But is that down to the race director or is that down again to the structure behind it and how they monitor track limit extensions as one example um so yeah that's uh it's a big old discussion point and 63 percent of chat have gone for a numero uno uh i stated wow. my number straight away uh, and said one as well uh, katie what's what's your number surprisingly it's not a five um <laughs> i think yeah, i'll probably go for like one yeah because although it is difficult he got pushed into the position because of obviously charlie whiting's desperately sad passing and the plan was never for him to step into that role so soon. I think he had something like a handful of races un, like alongside Charlie before he got put into the role. So, you know, there are unfortunate circumstances around it. But, yeah, I'm afraid. Um, I wish him all the best in Australia, which is where he's going back to now. He's officially left the FIA, so we won't see him pop up in Formula E or WEC or anything like that. He's left the FIA entirely to go back to Australia, spend time with his friends and his family and start a new adventure. Matt, what are you going to say? I've got a hot take. Chat, are you ready for this? Buckle, <gasps> buckle yourselves okay. in. I think Michael Massey was always going to leave and this was part of the whole him being fired but not fired. It's him staying on. The FIA then don't take any sort of blame because you know if they sacked Michael Massey there and then, it's clearly you know, we absolutely effed up, this should, This is a problem, whatever. But instead, they keep him on. They say, oh, you know, we're just going to restructure. I think he was always going to leave. Well, you say you think he was getting that pay packet while yeah. he was waiting for a new position? Yeah, I think I mean, that, fair enough. <laughs> I think that to, to save, to save face time. from the FIA's perspective, they were, they were always going to get rid of Michael Massey. Chat, chat, mm. chat spamming fives and fours at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is good. Let me do a poll. Let me do an extra poll right now. Hold on. Here we go. Yeah, whilst you think of your... Uh, I'm going to call it number seven, chat, because I've just made up my own hot take. So Michael Massey was always going to leave and the FIA just agreed it with him that he'd leave halfway through the season. Oh, 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 that... Oh, he's that's, always, he's, damn, I should, submit, I should submit to my own hot takes Wednesday. What's going on? <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I was going to say, like, he has always worked... Within, like, he did the V8 supercars in Australia before he came over and did the FIA uh, and stuff like that. And he was a race director there, and then he was a safety delegate. So, like, he's always had an interest in the FIA and safety, and he could apply his knowledge to another championship. But yeah, I think that he's kind of he's got too much of a reputation now that maybe he thinks I don't want to do this anymore. I want to leave the FIA. Maybe he's going to go and like work in a supermarket in Australia or something completely different. 
never heard from him again. No, no, no. Matt for director. Matt for director. Matty WTF won hot takes. 78% have voted for five on my uh, little hot take there. So I'm glad that people agree that that... uh, What were you going to give it, Katie? Because you seemed a bit hesitant. I think you were going to give me a little three or something there. I'll give it a four. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Right. Katie, final thoughts. Um, Final thoughts... Thank you, everybody in the chat who's telling me I'm washed and I don't know Will. <laughs> Love you too. And I'll be back at some point for some other awful hot takes, I'm sure. Yes, you will. Lots of love, everybody. Go give uh, Schwartzy loads of love as well. And we'll see you next Wednesday for the next Hot Take Wednesday. And, of course, we've got a, we've got a live stream coming on Friday as well for some newsy bits. And so, so make sure you stay tuned for that as well. Lots of love. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.